not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. I'm Trevor Sikama. Mike Renner here with you on a Friday morning. Getting your weekend started right here. Talking a little football preview and everything that you guys are going to see this weekend. And also reacting to what was an unbelievable finish mm. in Thursday Night Football. Mike, we don't always get to be this excited about Thursday Night Football. But Baker Mayfield is back, baby. His career's back on track. One throw that changed it all. Rams defeat the Las Vegas Raiders. Your immediate thoughts? Well, my immediate thoughts are that was fun. Like it was, it was like a fun game objectively. But my other thought is like I, I there was people questioning why the Rams would make this move for Baker Mayfield at this point in the season. But with Matt Stafford and obviously his elbow issues and kind of where they are as a franchise, it might make sense to have a veteran guy in there. I guess obviously Baker, someone like Baker Mayfield that. If Stafford doesn't come back healthy, if he does consider retirement, obviously mm-hmm. has a ring, obviously has made a ton of money over his course of his career, that's not a bad transition plan because Baker Mayfield, at times through his career, has played good football, played probably the best two-minute drill of his life. Like that, that was been like the one question mark <laughs> throughout his entire career. Right. Can he get it done in crunch time? And it's right. always been a resounding no. Obviously does it there. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the pairing of him and Sean McVay going forward. Uh, myself and uh, my esteemed colleague Sam Monson, we were talking all this week about what happens with Baker Mayfield, where he goes, and, and when he got claimed by the Rams. We were both like, he's going to be great because he didn't really know the playbook his first year in Cleveland, and yeah. it was his best year yet. So he messages me last night, and he's just like, never let Baker Mayfield know the playbook. Yeah. Just let him go out there and play football, which has kind of been Baker Mayfield's brand throughout his entire time in the spotlight. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But an incredible game down to the finish. Sorry, Walt, in the chat. I know Walt's already in the chat. Walt's a Raiders fan. Oh, he was yeah. in there right away. So Better draft pick. You know, maybe a better draft pick. Maybe you blow everything up like you probably should have. Anyways, we'll talk more about Thursday Night Football. We'll talk a lot more about a lot of different things. We've got playoff bracketology here on this show. If you guys follow March Madness at all, you know how that goes. We're going to look at the strength, the schedules, the playoff percentages, everything. And we're going to tell you what we think our final seeds are going to be in the NFL, both in the AFC and the NFC. We're going to have Ian Harditz on the show to give us some fantasy advice for Playoff matchups. It's playoff time in fantasy football world, so we're going to have Ian on for that. We know it's crunch time there. Then Mike are also going to pick six total teams. All right, I'm going to take three. Mike's going to take three, and we're going to rebuild them. We're going to give you three key points that we want to see from these rebuilding teams this offseason, which include free agency, some outside-the-box move, who they should draft, all that. So we're going to get to those six teams, and we're going to want to hear from you guys as well. Shout-out to Cole, who was our chat champ from yesterday. Cole, I don't think I saw him in the chat yet. Somebody wake Cole up. Got to get in. He's got to represent the chat. We got a lot of chat representation that we got here on this show. Let's get the production portal guys in as well. Quinn, Sov, Eli's not here today. He's slacking off. But uh, how we feeling, fellas? Happy Friday to you guys. Happy Friday. Funny that you mentioned Walt because uh, I made the question of the day specifically for Walt. Oh, Ooh, throwback. Let's tune in. Let's hear it. Walt's in the chat. This is for you, Walt. It's, what do we got? It's not a good one, but you know, it is reality. <laughs> Um, since 2000, how many winning seasons have the Raids had? Ooh, like total? Since 2000. That's a good one. Since 2000. So well, they made the playoffs. Time. Made the playoffs last, last year. year. Okay. Made That's... the playoffs the one Cooper Crabtree year. Yeah, I feel like they made the playoffs not too f- so long after give that. Give them two there. Yeah. They did make the playoffs made last year. Made a Super Bowl. Lost. Fun fact. In that time span. So that's at least three. I I think that the Cards the, only had two above 500 years. They made the playoffs again. Uh, so they, they, the year they made the Super Bowl, they made the playoffs the year before as well. Okay. So that's at least four. two. So we're at four. Okay. Um, Drew saying seven. Raymond saying two. I know from like 06. TJ saying four. Dynasty saying four. Jeff saying four. Nate saying four. A lot of people are guessing four. I think it's four. When they went, you know, from Jamarcus Russell, when they obviously had the number one overall pick, through... You know, Carson Palmer. Mm. I don't think they had any winning seasons until they until the one year they made the playoffs with Carr, and then he broke his leg or broke his ankle that year. So I, I think that's a stretch of about a decade where they probably didn't have where they probably get a big old goose egg. So 
Yeah, I think it's four or five. Four or five. Um, yeah, I lean four. I, I like four. We got a little bit of time to talk about it, but I think four. The, the most common number in the chat is four, it seems. The second most common number is five. So we seem to be in great company with this one. This is a good question, unless you're Walt. Sorry, Walt. Uh, we love you. Aaron said more than zero. That is true. It's a yeah. safe bet, but... It is more than zero. That's your hint. It is more than... Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Quinn. We appreciate it. Um, dude, I was looking at the stat lines from yesterday. Derek Carr, 11 for 20. Oh, 137 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. What in the hell of Marcus Mariota is this? What in the world is this? It's the... How did we get here? It's been the Raiders' offense this year, unfortunately. It, it, I've, there is no offense in the NFL that can go from looking like everything's all right to a dead halting stop. Mm-hmm. Like the Raiders. The Raiders, to me, are bottom of the NFL in that regard. Bottom of the NFL. How well, many, how many double-digit wins is, is this now that they have not, that they've blown? Four, five this year? Crazy amount. And well, I think that's why. No, you know, Hunter Renfro this year, really. Mm. No Darren Waller this year, really. Should Hunter Renfro win MVP? That's really. People, are saying, people ask the question. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Hunter Renfro. Those are my top three. Yeah. If I had to vote, those would be my top three. All right, we're not talking about the Raiders most of the time in this show. We are going to get into some bracketology, though. So we're going to head over to the touchscreen for this one. This is going to be a fun little exercise. Mike and I are going to go through our NFC and AFC playoff predictions here. So back at the touchscreen, got my trusty little iPad here because there's a lot of numbers, a lot of things to remember about it. But essentially, we've got all the teams available here. Yeah. If you, want to make, tell, if you want to tell me that the Panthers are going to make the playoffs, I guess you could say the Panthers are make the playoffs. I wouldn't they bet are. too much with you. But let's start this conversation with the NFC because I think the AFC is going to be a little bit more interesting. But, Mike, fill this out for me. You don't have to start sure. at number one. You can start at a couple of different ones. I know the Buccaneers we'll probably rocked at in at number four, four. But you tell me how you think the, the NFC is going to shape we up. We can start at the top. And truthfully, I don't see the Eagles – May drop another game. I don't see them dropping enough to, obviously, I believe the Cowboys have three losses. I don't, I don't see them losing a couple more to drop out of the one seed at this point in time. So I think the Eagles, one of the safer bets, you know, if you're looking at the AFC, a little more wide open about who's going to be the one seed at this moment. Eagles, I believe, pretty safe bet to be the one seed in the NFC. Any threat at all with the Cowboys looming? I think so. Um, and we've talked about how they have two games against uh, the Giants coming up. Mm-hmm. And the Giants are very desperate at the moment. So they're definitely going to be getting a lot of teams best here down the stretch. But this is just a good team. I mean, it's an all-around team. They bring it every single week. Not a lot of down games some in the schedule. So 28th easiest schedule. There you go. Remaining. There well, you go. I should say 28th toughest schedule remaining, which oh, means yeah. it's one of the top five most easiest schedules that we have left in this NFL season. All right, so they're at number one. The people any, know what we're talking Any about. surprise at number two? I don't think so at this point. I mean, it would. it's obviously between Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers at this point, right? The Vikings are going to take the North. They're about to lock it up here very shortly. Um, 49ers, I believe, are going to take the West at this point with mm-hmm. some struggles from the Seahawks of late, but obviously Seahawks could still make uh, some noise there. But I, I do think... We're going to go a little chalky at the top here of, in terms of the division winners out here in the NFC. They kind of just slot themselves, right? You go Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Bucks. They just seem to be decided-ish at this point. It's more of these spots that seem up for grabs. We've got the Minnesota Vikings in our simulation over at PFF.com. If you guys have a subscription, you can see all this. You can see the odds that we got to make the playoffs, how tough the schedules are moving forward, all that good stuff. Um, the... Minnesota Vikings, 29th toughest schedule moving forward. So, again, very yeah. easy, like the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, San Francisco's is pretty easy as well. They have the 23rd toughest schedule, which isn't too bad. Tampa's right there at 15th, so they're right in the middle of the pack. But it just feels as though Minnesota's got a two-game lead on San Francisco, which has mm-hmm. a two-game lead on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It feels like it's pretty streamlined here. Yes, exactly. And then, and then also number five seems pretty obvious as well. We're going to star. We're going Dallas Cowboys at number five. Obviously, we talked about how they could challenge the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles, but wild card, no one else is in 
really striking distance of the Cowboys at this point. It would be nice. I understand why it is not like this, but it would be nice if the Cowboys had a chance at the two seed because they're sitting here at nine and three. Yeah. The Vikings are sitting there at ten and two, but the Cowboys really only have a chance. It feels like at either the one, one seed or, or the yeah. five. Yeah, and that just kind of is the way that the playoffs are set up right now. So well, week one rematch of last year. What a game that was. I know. All right, so this is where mm-hmm. you actually get into some debate maybe some differing of opinions with the NFC playoff picture. Six, seven, and then who's left out? It feels like it's a three-team race. Although, you've been saying nice things about the Detroit Lions this week. That's what I'm saying. saying. All right, what do you got at six? At number six, though, I still feel like Seattle Seahawks, we're just objectively looking at the teams who are kind of on this fringe. Mm -hmm. After the five, who all is here? They have quite easily the best quarterback of that bunch. I'm going to go back to that position. They have the most dangerous offense of that bunch, the best quarterback, the best probably receiving core of that bunch. It's just, it's going to be tough to stop the Seahawks offense at times. So they're a little dangerous. You know, when you have a quarterback the way Geno Smith's playing, they are dangerous, I would say, at this point. But I feel comfortable about them making the playoffs at minimum. Okay. All right. Then. And the last one. There it is. This is the one one? that's going to be up for grabs. Who's the last one? I would love to go Lions. These three right, right I would here, love come to on. Go Lions. It's all right here. I'd love to go with the Lions, but I do think the Commanders, mm. the way their defense has been playing, yeah. I think that's the side of the ball that hasn't gotten a lot of love because Taylor Heineke, obviously, with his storyline, with his record right now as a starter, much improved. But his record is such because defense has been playing their ass off. This defense has completely changed night and day from early on the season. Hats off to friend of the show, Ron Rivera, for. Not uh, watching a funeral segment and actually uh, bring the team back from the dead. <laughs> uh, the making the playoff percentages that we have here at the bottom of the NFC. Washington Commanders, 69% chance to make the playoffs. Nice. Uh, the New York Giants, 57%. So the Commanders do have a little bit of a lead in that regard, and that's really because the Commanders have the 10th toughest schedule moving forward. The Giants are the third toughest, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a tough schedule for the Giants, especially having to face Philadelphia mm-hmm. twice. But as you talked about earlier in the, the week, week 18. that Week 18 matchup, it could be against Philly's backup. So they yeah. might have a boosted chance if that's the case. Detroit, 7% chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They do have the 27th toughest schedule, which means it is one of the easier schedules in the NFL moving forward. They're playing well, but they're just so far behind the eight ball. They're not even 500 yet. They're sitting here at 5-7, and seven, so it's hard to imagine that they would get in. It, it's, it would require a lot. Drew asked this question in the chat, though, about the Lions. Is there value in the Lions making this playoff push, right? Because if you're sitting here and you're like, oh, we're 5-7, and seven, we're probably not going to make it, some fans would tell you, I'd rather get a higher draft pick, right? I'd rather just have a higher draft pick. But to Drew's question, is making this playoff push and winning as many games as you can down the stretch worth it for the Lions? What do you think? It would be a different conversation if they didn't have this team's pick right here. The the real losers of last night were not the Raiders. It it was the Lions last (laughs) night who actually were the ones crying into their uh, pillows afterwards because that top three pick or wherever it's going to land in the top five, which it likely is, unless Baker Mayfield really goes on a run here, wherever they're going to land in the top five is the one that you're probably, is obviously the far more valuable one at this point that's going to, if you want, secure you a quarterback. I also believe that winning, learning how to win is a real thing. I I, I personally believe that, especially with where Dan Campbell is with coaching right now with the Lions. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Lions as maybe a team that might be moving on from Dan Campbell, might have to change that entire coaching staff. And I think right now, if you're going to keep him for next year, winning as many games as you can, the momentum going into next season, having that kind of faith and having that uh, excitement moving forward, it actually is a big deal. I really do think that that is important. Uh, One more thing, though, about we keep bringing up the Week 18 matchup between the Giants and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's no slouch. If that's, you are getting back, That's very true. Backup that's O-line and Gardner true. Minshew for the Eagles are no slouch. They could still move the ball. That's no layup just because if they will be playing the backups in that. All right, let's move over to the AFC. I think this is a lot more exciting of a know, debate right? because it's not nearly as streamlined with the division winners, although I think it's kind of streamlined with number four. But Tell me who you got at number one. Do it. Do it, Mike. Do it. <laughs> Quinn wants you to do it. Do it. Quinn wants you to do it. Do it. We're going with Kansas. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah. Trust me, I wanted to. Yeah. But I do think the Kansas State Chiefs rode in. It's not that difficult. It's not, not nearly as difficult as the Bengals are. So while the Bengals can beat every, anybody and everybody any given week for sure, just can't expect them to continue to go on this run and be as hot as, you know, maybe they were at the end of last season. Maybe they drop one. At that point, if they drop one, 
it's going to take KC dropping two. 30th toughest schedule moving forward. So this is already one of the better teams in the yes, NFL, exactly. and you're giving them a top three easiest schedule moving forward. That's not the case with some of these other teams that are going to fill out this side of the mm-hmm. bracket. So I can see why you got Kansas City at number one. Who's number two? After that, we are going to go to the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals as the two seed. Now, okay. I, I do think going oh, back right. to the Tua Bowl, may end up proving huge for the Bengals in the long run. The Thursday night game here, if you recall, that Tua went out in the second quarter. I think that, and the Bengals ended up winning that game. That could ultimately be the decider between the two and three seed, as we'll see, because I think my Dolphins end up taking the AFC East. News of Von Miller okay. missing the rest of the season. That's rough. Is huge for that stuff. We've talked about this D-line being a game-changer because they've been so banged up in their secondary. Secondary hasn't been necessarily as good as maybe we had expected heading into the season, but have survived because no one can block this front four one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that's predicated on Von Miller being the difference maker in that defense. So at that point, by the Dolphins. Okay. All right. Four, I assume you're going with Tennessee Titans, right? Tennessee Titans. Gotta be yeah. a Titan. The rest of the AFC South has, uh, let's say, given up on their season. The rest of the AFC South side of it. That one's... Titans gave up on their front office. So, yeah, well, I mean... It's, a, it's hard to be an AFC South team this year. Uh, five. Does that mean the Bills are getting number five? Means, or there's, I, believe, I mean, there's a couple of teams, really. I know. Bills, Ravens, very much in the mix there for that five seed. But I do think the Bills, ultimately, yeah, okay. they still got Josh Allen. They still okay. got Stephon Diggs. We're going to put them in five seed. So, now we get into the same situation that we had in the NFC. Mm-hmm. There's... Although there's four teams, there's not three teams. And realistically, there were probably only two that you were really thinking about here with that seventh seed. But we got the Jets, we've got the Ravens, we've got the Patriots, and we've got the Chargers all in contention here for only two playoff spots. How do you think it shakes out? This one, I go back and forth in this because I love the way this Jets team looks. I know they lost this past week against the Vikings, but I love the way they look with Mike White. I think they are a better team now than they've been at any point in this season. So love the way they looked. But I also think even if Lamar Jackson isn't playing this Ravens team, the Ravens defense is playing mm-hmm. very well. Obviously, with Tyler Huntley, no slouch himself as a backup. I, think I like Tyler Ravens, Huntley. Yeah. yeah. Ravens get the sixth, and I think the Jets sneak in there with the seventh. Okay. I think the Jets are playoff bound. Get them back in there. All right. There we go. I like it. I like it there. Is is there – I mean, so let's, let's just talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah. two teams that remain. Chargers, Patriots, what about these two teams – Hold you from giving them one of these playoff spots. Injuries. The Chargers O-line is a mess right now. The Chargers defense, we talked about. Asante Samuel leading the league in yards. They're just not the team they were sold on early in the season because none of those guys that we were sold on were healthy. You know, Joey Bosa's not coming back anytime soon. So very worried about that. And then with the Patriots, we talked about it yesterday on the bat signal. This offense, Mac Jones, has not showed up at all this year. That's how you miss the playoffs with one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, yeah, for the New England Patriots, I just worry about the offense showing up down the stretch. All right. Okay. And they're already behind the eight ball with the Jets. Yeah, uh, if you want to hit uh, back and we can clear this board up, I'll give you, I'll give you mine. All right. um, Quinn, is there any, was there anything that was really standing out from the chat when Mike was going through this? Anybody disagree with anything in particular from, uh, from what he had? I don't know if you were looking at it. No, or pr- looking pretty, at ch- it. pretty chalky from the chat. Yeah, I mean, I, I might be a little bit different. I'm going through it now, but I will say, I will say this. Patriots, Chargers, these two teams have the, the lowest percentage to make the playoffs that I would say is realistic outside of those miracle teams, right? Yeah. You've still got, you know, the Steelers have a 9% chance. The Panthers have an 8% chance. The Cleveland Browns have a 6% chance. But those are mm-hmm. Hail Mary throws at this point. The Chargers and the Patriots have 28 and 27% chance to make the playoff, respectively. So that's like the last line before you get into the drop-off of absolute miracles for these teams. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be too much different from you when it comes to the NFC. Eagles are the one. Vikings are going to be the two. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are going to be that three. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm going to have. Oh, no. Oops. Oops. Breaking it. There we go. I think I got to hit it again. There we go. There we go. There we go. The beauty of the backspace, my friends. I think that's the way that I'm going to go with it right there. It's just it, it, yeah. it's hard to look at things any differently given the leads that each of these teams have. It's funny because if anything changes, I think it would be Minnesota getting the one seed. Yeah. That's it. I, I don't I don't really see anything changing here. Would Jimmy Garoppolo have changed this at all? I could. Yeah, that's that could. I just don't trust Brock Purdy to win out. If with Jimmy G, they could easily have. I don't see that being the case. All right, same same thing for me at number five. I mean, it has to be the Dallas Cowboys. There's not. Uh, there's not really a debate there, I don't think. I, I'm also going to go with the Seahawks. 
How do I not trust the quarterback there mm-hmm. at number six? And then I'll, I'll go a little bit different than you. Oh. I'll go a little bit different. I'll say I'll say the New York Giants. I I, I, I want to give I want to give Brian Dable his due here. I want to give him his respect. It really to me is a coin flip between these two teams because for as well as mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke has been playing and how on fire it's been. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say it like that. As well as the defense has been playing, Taylor Heineke's been able to get them wins here. But is that going to run out down the stretch? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll continue to catch fire. Maybe it'll make some noise in the playoffs. But. Do I mean? Do we like think there's any difference right now between Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke? No, like, are, like if you really. had a toss up between the two, who are you who are you taking down the stretch? We Which would, one would you rather have down the stretch? I think you'd rather have Heineke. Pride. I think you'd rather have Heineke. But Heineke's, I, I feel like Heineke's variances, yeah. you know, like variances yeah. is, is very different. They're just, I don't know. I feel like I might rather have Daniel Jones. Okay. With the Giants, okay. I feel like that's that's that is the case here. Is that he's not in many situations, but I've been betting on Daniel Jones. But I would like to bet on Daniel Jones with what he has in Brian Dable. Yeah. So I got some faith yeah. in the Giants yeah. coach staff moving forward on uh, on the A- on the AFC side of things. Sorry, Quinn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The schedule is just too easy. too easy. The schedule is just too easy. It really is. What so, a shame. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I had to do it. Chiefs. They're at number one. Bengals will probably be favored in every game that they play down the stretch here this is true just a fun fact this is true bit. i think the cincinnati Bengals are probably going to get the two seed uh i think the buffalo bills are the team that is going oh. to get the three seed i feel like whoever wins the game between buffalo and cincinnati that's the two seed that's the three seed that's how i see mm-hmm. it going down the stretch although it's very close which means tennessee titans got to be at number four that's not going to change at all dolphins are going to be number five. That's really the only flip that we have there between those two teams. <sighs> Man, I'm gonna say it's got to be the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You gotta have. They're just they're just too well rounded of a team. You mentioned it. Defense playing way too well. Tyler Huntley's no slouch. I really like Ty- Tyler Huntley. Last one. This is got. so tough. I I'll, I'm just gonna say this. I want to pick the Chargers so bad. Yeah. I want to pick the Chargers. Their schedule is easy. They've got the quarterback. This team should get the seven seed. But there are too many other factors that I have in the Jets' favor to pick the Jets there. I wanted to be I want to be different than you. But unfortunately, over the last couple of weeks, the Chargers have not given me enough yeah. to have that kind of faith. I agree. Man. AFC matchups shaping out to be a little more interesting than the AFC matchups. Let's be real here. Yeah. This would be it would be a fun playoff. This would be this would definitely be a fun playoff. And I mean, you know, we're basically we're waiting until the second round for the NFC or for the AFC because it's going to be Chiefs, it's going to be Bengals, it's going to be Bills, and it's probably going to be Dolphins, right? So you're probably there. This setup right here would get the four best teams into the next round. The NFC, really, you're just waiting until the NFC Championship game. You're basically waiting to see Eagles versus who? Who do we think it's going to be? Yeah, one of these two. I think it's going to be the Niners still. Okay. I still got faith in the Niners. Yeah. Okay. Still chalk? I mean, we didn't have a lot of change here, but I'm just curious. Anybody say anything different? Yeah, the, the chat seems to be maybe a little more bullish on the Bills. Think that maybe they should be higher. Think that maybe they should be the two seed. I'm telling you, if the Bills just, beat the They got a the tough Bengals. role. They got the Dolphins and the Bengals. They do. What is uh, – hold on, I'm looking it up. What's I mean, your strength schedule moving forward? Are... They have the 19th toughest schedule moving forward. Bengals have the fifth toughest schedule moving forward. So there's no doubt about it. Like, if you're looking strength of schedule, you're, you're going to favor the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. because it's just it's that different. But this team's hot. They are they going to come in and beat on Monday night? I don't In Paycor. <laughs> that really is what it's going to come down to. In Paycor. It's going to be that, that yeah. game. Monday night, Paycor Stadium. Most vaunted words in sports. In Paycor Stadium. Paycor. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, you guys stadium. highlighted it on a graphic. What was that, Monday or Tuesday? It's getting, it's getting they dangerous. Been. They have been unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so there we go. That's uh, Those are my playoff predictions. Those are Mike's playoff predictions. We're going to do bracketology every single week as things are going to change here uh, across the landscape of the NFL. So we'll be, change, we'll, we'll be changing that a bunch. That'll be fun. I, I, I like doing that segment. Plus, I, I like feeling the power of the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. You know? It just feels powerful. Much better than a whiteboard. That segment would have stunk on a whiteboard. Come on. I mean, it just would have. Come on, we tried. We were trying with the whiteboard. We were trying to. We were trying to bring old school back to life. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, th- those are our thoughts on the playoffs. You guys, let us know what your thoughts on the playoffs are as well. If you majorly disagree with us, if you agree with us, where you think the changes could be, 
and what playoff matchups you might be looking forward to the most as we are kind of coming down to the finals of the regular season here. Speaking of finals, speaking of playoffs, it's fantasy football playoffs. And you guys need help. We know it. And we've got the guy who can help you. We've got Ian Harditz on with us here now. He joins us each and every Friday. Ian, I might be calling you out here, but what was your percentages of, of playoffs made versus leagues that you are in? Are you above 50%? Oh, yeah. The okay, thing is, okay. I, I'm in, I think. Uh, oh, no, do we lose him? Oh, we lose him? Uh, myself and Dwayne McFarland joined like 12 or so of those football guys' championships. So if I win, win that, it's with a K, and I'm not sure how, oh. how much more I'll be seeing of you guys every single Friday. The playoffs, that's all you can ask for. I am, uh, am going to assume, because we lost you there for a second, but I'm going to assume that you're going to say that you're going to be incredibly rich after this <laughs> fantasy football playoff season. So that's what I'm going to go with. All right, we're looking at your start sits right here. We've got a couple of guys that we definitely want to talk about no matter what, but I also want the chat to get in on this too. You guys have fantasy playoffs. you got a lot on the line. Hopefully you've got a lot of riches on the line as well, uh, like Ian might. But uh, let us know what your start sit questions are for Ian Harditz as we're kind of going through this segment here. I notice, Ian, that you have the one and only Jared Goff, orchestrator of the hottest team in the NFC, according to Mike Renner, and you've got him as a start for fantasy playoffs. What do you like about Jared Goff? Why do you think he's a starting quarterback here down, down in the stretch for playoff time? Yeah, sorry, things get a little choppy on my end. With Jared Goff, you look at this team, when they have been held. Oh, man. Ian's routers. See this just, year, things okay. have been great. Weeks one, thank God, you take away DeAndre Swift. Uh, all right. We're gonna try to get him back. We're gonna we're, offense. And, yeah. I think I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna try to get Ian back. I think we're gonna try to get him back here. I don't know if we uh, we lost him completely or not, but um, yeah. Well, I'd start Jared Goff. Look at that offense. He's been hot. Now, within reason. But fantasy though. Fantasy yeah. start for Jared Goff? Yeah. You think it's there for him? I mean, the, he's only got one passing option. Well, that's not true. Jameson Williams coming back. I feel like that could be an X factor. I am I am excited to see Jameson Williams. Now, we haven't talked a ton about rookies this year, but he obviously was wide receiver one on the PFF draft board because, you know, I, we knew his rookie year was not going to be like the rookie years of Chris Olave, like the rookie years of Drake London. You kind of had to pass on and take a punt on it. And that's why I think other teams uh, passed on his talent. But just on the football field last year at Alabama, there was not a game breaker that was close to what he brought to the table. So I, I think that's something that obviously with DJ Chark now in the fold too, that they have two of kind of that they were missing early on this season when they're feeding Alman Ross St. Brown so much. All right, we're going to try to get Ian's thoughts, obviously, later in the show. He's trying to fix his router. He's trying to, he's trying to hardline it. He's trying to go Ethernet instead of Wi-Fi. So we'll see if we can get him a little bit later in the show. But we'll move on to another segment that we were very excited to talk about. Something that we love to do on this show, on our podcast, and even just having conversations with people in the office and with friends. We're rebuilding some teams, baby. I love this. This is the whole, how do we fix this team? What went wrong? What's possible? How can we fix this team? We're going glass half full for six of these franchises that did not have some ideal seasons. So we are rebuilding NFL teams in, well, I wasn't going to say three moves or less, but you actually did more of a mock draft than I did. Uh, mm-hmm. And we should have probably talked about that beforehand. But I love that you're getting draft involved. Who's your first team that you want to talk about? Who are you putting your hard hat on for? Who are we rebuilding today? Let's go to bat for the, hmm, let's go Chicago Bears. Okay, start let's start with the Chicago, Chicago Bears because right. I like, uh, I think they're not too far away. The other ones, they have a ton, the Bears have a ton of cap space next year, more cap space than anyone in the NFL, over $100 million. They, they did a nice job of tearing it down to then play for years three and year four of Justin Fields' rookie contract. Now, obviously, we would have liked to get them some more receiving talent, and I think they looked at this upcoming receiving class in the draft and said, hey, we'd rather have a top of the second round or go towards Chase Claypool than anyone that's realistically going to end up there. But, oh, uh, by the way, they do still have a second rounder in this upcoming draft that they got from uh, the Baltimore Ravens in the, uh, the trade. So I would go draft-wise, okay. Jalen Carter. That's who I'm getting if I'm drafted in the top five. Not trading down? Not trading down. Right. I don't know if the market's going to be there for the trade down. I don't know how the NFL is going to see this, this uh, quarterback class. And it also looks like with how, you know, I don't think they're going to lose out. I think they might win a couple games on the stretch to then get out of a top two to three pick. So mm. Jalen Carter's who I want at the top of the draft. Second round, 
not up there on the graphic, but Dewan Jones, the Ohio State offensive tackle, I think you can take a playbook. So he's six foot eight, three fifty. He's huge, enormous. He has like a seven foot six inch wingspan or something, just insane. One of the biggest human beings you'll see. But the Bears can afford some laxes or lapses in terms of foot speed from their tackles and pass protection. You look at the kind of playbook of the Baltimore Ravens and what they've done to tackle position, drafting guys like Daniel Followay, having Morgan Moses, who's you know not very fleet of foot, but guys who are crushing run blockers because that's more important to the offense. I think you can draft a guy like Dewan Jones in the second to be that because maybe he's never going to be a high-end pass protector, but boy, can he run block. And then Tank Dell, another speedster from Houston in the third round, won't go high because of his size. But if you put him, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, gives you a lot of speed in that offense to pair with Justin Fields because the ideal Justin Fields offense isn't going to be dinking and dunking down the football field. It's not going to be throwing slants. It's going to be run your, run your, run your, explosive plays over the top. That's a guy that can bring those explosive plays. So that's where I'm looking in the draft. Free agency, mm-hmm. you got to play with some of this money. I don't think you shoot the moon in free agency, but you got to go out and get a center, someone like an Ethan Pochich from the Cleveland Browns. You got to go out and probably get a right tackle. Because Dewan Jones, as good as you know, a prospect as he may be, a second rounder, I'm not sure you want him starting right away. So Jawan Taylor from the Jacksonville Jaguars is someone I could look at okay. to, to add. And then defensive line, you just got to add something. Maybe a Marcus Davenport from the New Orleans Saints. Maybe a couple more guys on the cheap to add to that defensive tackle group because you need something there to really get you back up to speed. I like the plan. I do like that plan. If, plan. if they're not moving back in the first round, which I still think they could, uh, then obviously you get an impact guy like Jalen Carter. It makes a ton of sense. It's their, it's their biggest area of need, if you will, if you're not looking mm-hmm. offense, like without a top-tier wide receiver that you're going to pick in the top five or something like that. Getting to Jalen Carter feels like it makes a lot of sense to me. And then I, I love the Tank Dell pick. I love the Tank Dell pick there at the end. He gives you the explosiveness. I agree. That is kind of what they need. They want that guy to be able to give, some, uh, give them some explosiveness and um, take – so not all of that responsibility is sitting there on Darnell Mooney's shoulders. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, I know we've, we've got people in the chat rebuilding the Raiders here for us. Well, uh, to be honest with you guys, when we were doing this segment, we didn't think the Raiders were going to lose to the Los Angeles Rams last night. So neither of us picked the Raiders. But maybe if we do this segment uh, in a week or two, we'll be able to uh, have the Raiders on here for you guys. I'm going to start with the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Colts, my first move, hiring Jim Harbaugh, baby. I'm hiring Jim Harbaugh, baby. I'm not sorry, Jeff Saturday. I'll do respect for what you've done. But. Was that Tim the Toolman Taylor in my ear? Was it? Was that what it was? <laughs> I'm hiring Jim Harbaugh, luring him away from Michigan. All right, he almost left Michigan last year. Interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, reports are that it was a weird interview, almost like he thought he already had the job. And, you know, he kind of talked about afterwards about, well, you know, maybe it just wasn't the situation that I thought it was going to be. Goes back to Michigan, tells the guys in Michigan, hey, this is not going to happen every year. I'm committed to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the Indianapolis Colts job wasn't open when that was the case. Jim Harbaugh, whose name is in the ring of honor. It is. For the Indianapolis Colts, coming back, didn't get into coach there. I think it makes a ton of sense. So you're hiring Jim Harbaugh. That's move number one. Move number two, you got to get a franchise quarterback. You're sitting there right in the middle of the draft. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, something. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh is a quarterback guy. He's dealt with a lot of different quarterbacks throughout his career. He's made successful quarterbacks um, basically everywhere that he has been when he's given talent. I think that they would be fantastic additions to the Colts under the tutelage of Jim Harbaugh. Then I've got some wide receivers. You need some wide receiver weapons. So wide receivers on day two. I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. If he ends up falling to day two, Parker Washington from Penn State, Josh Downs from UNC, you need that underneath guy. You've got a vertical field stretcher in Alex Pierce. You've got a go-to wide receiver one, an X kind of a strength player possession guy in Michael Pittman Jr. You've got some tight ends that you like. Get that really solid underneath player. I think that they were really hoping that could be Paris Campbell. He just hasn't been that player for him yet throughout this point of his point of his career. And a lot of good slot receivers to choose from. So that's that's how I'm rebuilding the Colts. Go get the right head coach. Go invest in a franchise quarterback. Upgrade the offense a little bit. Make it a little bit easier. So that's what I got. Yeah, I like that. I, I, Harbaugh's interesting. I, I'm curious if he would leave after this. I think he would. Curious. I think he would. I think he would. All right, next team I'm going to do is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Number one overall pick. Definitely need it. And I do think this is Lovey Smith was always going to be a one and done type of head coach. Almost just like a sacrificial lamb through the rebuild to then – Get the one, the number one pick. Get it, then you can attract with the number one overall pick if you, you know, with the quarterback class that it is. If you get 
which I'm saying is a Bryce Young. You could attract probably a young head coach, an up-and-comer. Someone will want that job. I would hire Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I was wondering, we were talking before the show, who would pick up on that? I'm glad you guys did. Tim the Tool I did not. You I did. Could, I could do a pretty good Tim the Tool Man, too. Uh, I what is this from? It's from uh, Tool Time. No, it was called Home Improvement. You, remember, you never watched Home Improvement as a kid? Home Improvement with Tim Allen? Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've seen that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I guess <laughs> just, I didn't realize what All it right. was from. I don't know why we're putting it. Oh, we're building. That's why. All right. <laughs> Number one overall pick, Bryce Young. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy you're taking. Top of the second round. Actually, you have another first rounder in there. The other first rounder, I'm going somewhere like a Nolan Smith, a pass rusher, deep edge class. Somewhere in the middle of the first round is going to be your pick you're getting from the Cleveland Browns. Going to go Nolan Smith. Second round, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Okay. Is who I'm getting at the top of the second round. Obviously, if you're hiring Ben Johnson, OC, Detroit Lions, who do they feature in that offense? The slot, Amon Ross St. Brown. Where is Jackson Smith and Jigba play well? The slot. Very easy fit there for him. Kind of rounds out the receiving core with Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks. And then the third round, I'm going, you have a couple third rounders. I'd go Sam Laporta. Keep giving the Iowa tight end. Heck of an athlete. Great after the catch. Keep giving Bryce Young all the weapons possible because obviously you don't have a lot in that roster right now. And then I'd try to solidify that O-line with your other third rounder that you got, I believe, from Cleveland as well. Someone like a John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota, Mm -hmm. six-year player. Could step in, start right away. Free agency, though, not your year. You're too far away. You need to just get young talent and kind of do an evaluatory, evaluatory, evaluatory year of all the young guys on the roster. Don't sign a bunch of veterans to take away roles that could be filled by rookies, second year, third year guys. See what you got. And then the year after that, Bryce Young's year two, that's when you're looking and saying, okay, these youngsters we can win with. These youngsters we probably can't win with. Youngsters. Replace the positions that you can't win with and sign free agents there then but chill for a year in free agency i like the i like the free agency strategy just because you got the money doesn't necessarily mean you got to spend it especially for a free agency market that doesn't look as strong as it has been in years past so i like that it would take some serious self-control from houston Mm -hmm. to not spend the money because of how bad the team has been this year but i do like your strategy there i want to talk about the atlanta falcons and One of my bullet points is actually happening. So we're off to a really good start here for the Atlanta Falcons. My number one bullet point, start Desmond Ritter after the bye week. Guess what they're doing, baby? They are starting Desmond Ritter after the bye week. I'm excited about this one. We talked about this on the show yesterday. This is what you need to do. Although it's only four games, although you can't come up with a definitive, like he's the guy 100% or he's not the guy 100%, you can get a good idea of what he's like going out there against regular season competition in the NFL. That's really important because right now they're sitting there with the top 10 overall pick. I, at this point, Ritter was my QB1 last year, admittedly, believe that Desmond Ritter should get a shot in the NFL. As long as he doesn't show that he's absolutely terrible, as long as he shows that he's learning, as long as these four games can be constructive for him, I don't think you have to force it with a quarterback this year. I really don't. So if that's the case, I'm looking at pass rusher. I want a pass rusher with that first overall pick that they have. Not first overall, first round pick. Their first overall selection. I'm thinking Jared Verse from Florida State, a Miles Murphy from Clemson, a Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. One of those guys, get better along the defensive line with your premium picks in this draft. If it's not a quarterback, it's got to be along the defensive line. And outside of that free agency, Atlanta's got the second most projected cap space in the NFL going into free agency. And there's a couple of guys that I really like. They need help on the defense overall. And where I think that a defensive addition could really be strongest, secondary. Potentially a Jesse Bates, if he's still not really happy about what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals, with how his contract went last summer, if he's still kind of holding it against him a little bit, he could be on the move. Sorry, Quinn. Uh, and then Emmanuel Mosley, who I thought was playing really good football before he got hurt, leaving towards ACL or his Achilles, but he is out for the year uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He was playing fantastic as an outside corner for them. I would take a chance on him as well. I think he could be an outside corner in a CB2 opposite A.J. Terrell. So those two moves I think could really help in the secondary. You're getting younger and better on the defensive line, and you've got some hope at quarterback too. You're not going to be able to fix everything if you're the Falcons in one offseason, but I think that's a really good way to start it. Yeah, I, I like the call out there of Jesse Bates. I think that would be a great fit in Atlanta. Ooh, right. ooh, Nico said Hargrave to Atlanta in free agency. Could be it. Could be a nice addition. That'd be a, that'd be a small DT duo, though. You got 
You're both you're both running like six one two ninety five. That is GTs. true. You probably did be, they extend Grady Jarrett? What was Grady Jarrett's contract? I believe he's signed for at least one more year. Uh, I know there was talk of like him maybe not being on the team that long anymore. Because what he was What's fifteen he draft, so he's year seven. Uh, he's pretty. No, he's. You he's can't locked. really. You okay. can't really. Didn't cut they try him. to trade him this off season? They tried to move eye. him and uh, well, when they were trying to move him and Deion Jones, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that was those. Those were the two that were in the conversation. Yeah, he's forty-one mil dead cap this year, twenty-eight mil dead cap next year. Not great, not great. You got a potential out the year after that, but you're pro- you're 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 sticking with him to, through yeah. twenty twenty-three. So you're right. All right, my last team. We're staying in the NFC South. We're going with Carolina Panthers, and I'm starting head coach. Give me Ken. Dorsey, offense coordinator, Buffalo Bills. He's been the QB coach for Cam Newton in his best year in Carolina. Josh Allen in his best year in Buffalo. He is, knows how to develop toolsy quarterbacks. Who's he get? Will Levis round one. Mm. That I, don't, I couldn't think of a better you know, quarterback coach to develop a guy like Will Levis than Ken Dorsey. I think that pairing makes too much sense. And from there, kind of just filling out this roster. Second round, you have a couple second rounders that you got. Uh, I believe in the Christian McCaffrey trade. So you're getting Will McDonald, the fourth, speedy edge rusher. I think the teams that are winning with their pass rush a lot across the NFL have a ton of athletes, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's the Denver Broncos, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, getting speed at that position and being able to deploy them on third downs is dangerous. Will McDonald, one of the best athletes in the class, maybe not a complete edge rusher, maybe going to be a backup. That's why he could fall, or backup on rundowns, why he falls to the second round for you. If he's on the board there, I'm pulling the trigger. Also going Andrew Voorhees, the guard out of USC in the second round. O-line's much better than it was at this point a year ago, but I think just adding depth, come, you know, take your medicine, Go to the, not a sexy position, but a guy who you can rely on to play at multiple positions that's played guard and tackle over the course of his career at USC. Third round, maybe a little controversial. Go running back. You obviously have the glaring hole with Christian McCaffrey not there. You've gotten good uh, results in his stead this season from a guy like Deontay Foreman, but Roshan Johnson's been tremendous as yes. a backup for B. John Robinson. Yes. I mean, if he was at any other place in the country, he'd be a much, much bigger name. Uh, I think he has the highest broken tackle rate in the country this year. And then for agency, you're over the cap right now. Chill. Chill out. Not your year. Don't, don't go blowing your wad. Obviously, anytime you're starting a rookie quarterback, you're not making Super Bowl that year. So for these teams that, you know, Texans, like I said, Panthers, like I said, you're drafting a quarterback and you don't have another guy there, don't go shooting the moon free agency. It's how you end up like, unfortunately, what the Jaguars look like right now. I think there's not a ton of teams where being big spenders in this free agency class makes sense. And I would agree, you know, you're sitting there with the Texans, you're sitting there with the Panthers. I want to pump the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. there, but I did think the Falcons in the last one, that was that was one that made uh, some sense. A team that we know is not going to be in on the free agency market is the last team that I want to talk about today. It's the New Orleans Saints. I, I tried my best to put the Saints in as, uh, in as good a position as I possibly could for this offseason. Going into it, though, start Jameis. Come on. I mean, what are we doing at this point? Just, just, just start Jameis Winston. There's no reason to start Andy Dalton. He's 36 years old. He's on a one-year contract. He's not going to be on the team next year. Great I, man. I, he's, Accomplished NFL sh- career. Sh- sure, sure. Great. Yeah. Nicest for, dude in the league. Former Bengal. Yeah. Former we, Bengal. We, we, <laughs> there, there it is. Franchise record holder. You've got to start Jameis Winston down the stretch. There's just no other answer for it, and we might already be too far gone anyways, but just start Jameis. See what you have in him. Again, he's a guy who has another year on his contract. If you keep him, have him be a little bit cheap for you. That probably makes the most sense because the Saints are going to have to eat their vegetables, if you will, over the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, they're going to have to take their medicine. They're going to have to do what they not, don't want to do. And that is probably not be a competitive team. If they could trade Michael Thomas this offseason, trade Michael Thomas. You know, he his contract is really bad right now. And the problem with a lot of how the Saints restructured these contracts with the guys that they have is they totally kicked the can down the road to where you can't really cut them. They, they can't really cut a lot of these guys and save a ton of money. It just doesn't work like that because of how they did all these restructures, just trying to kick the can down the road. Thomas, you can actually save 16 mil on his on, on, on the cap if you can trade him. Mm-hmm. I have you could probably get a day two pick here. I was thinking a third round pick. Michael Thomas is still a good wide receiver. We saw that this year, but he is getting a little bit older. He obviously has had injuries over the last couple of years. 
even if it's like a mid-round pick or something, even if it's a late-round pick, move on from Michael Thomas. Trade him, get the 16 mil off the books. You're not going to be competitive next year anyways. And then the final point, maximize Sean Payton's contract. Sean Payton is the most coveted head coach that is out there right now, and the Saints still have his rights. You can get a pretty penny from a lot of teams that are going to want Sean Payton if that deal makes sense. So wherever he wants to go, work with him, figure it out, and rob the team that he's going for. Try to get draft picks because right now you don't have that top five pick that you would have had otherwise. So that's what I would do if I was in New Orleans Saints. I'm trying to think of who would be a good trade partner for Michael Thomas. What team would be like real interested? Who's like needs in to, who needs like to go like all in? It. Hmm. Ravens? Mm. Like if the Ravens got Michael Thomas? The enough there no i wonder if the falcons would make him obviously it's interdivision trade hold on, you really though. do that all of a sudden obviously like you're not moving michael thomas this year but i don't know if they're going to have the cap for it because they just traded for roquan and mm-hmm. they're probably gonna have to sign him if they obviously if if they want to make that trade something that lasts more than just a year you got the lamar deal that's obviously looming but when i think about the ravens team if you had michael thomas if he's got any juice left you had michael thomas to mark andrews and mm-hmm. rashad bateman and like all of a sudden like that's real yeah that's more of a that that is more of a we can't there's no more real excuses unless of course michael thomas is just absolutely i got cooked, one which for I don't you i think he was who we got eagles and then he could be slant batman slant batman Look at him leaning back. Look at him leaning back well, in his my, chair, my, smirking, my thinking about I gotta, that. I got to reach over, so it's the lean is natural. Uh, but I thought that was a good one. He was good. That was actually a lean. That was actually uh, a good one. Drake says the Patriots. Jeff yeah. said the Cowboys have no Odell. Walt said nobody wants Michael Thomas. Hey man, come on, Walt. Um, Abel says Bills trade for Thomas if they don't win the Super Bowl. Adam says watch the Cardinals go for him. I mean, Colts would be interesting, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, all, like the all, slot there. Right, all of a sudden you'd have Michael Thomas, you'd have... Michael Pittman. Yeah, but it, it, I, I don't think and the Colts make Pierce. sense because they're not going to be competitive. Yeah. Right? I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're going to be competitive. But. Right. Uh, Tyler, are you doing that every time, or did you record, like, a no, sound every, bite? Every time. That's pretty spot on every time. I'm That's not gonna a sound bite. paying attention. That's got to be a sound bite. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get out of here let's talk about bro throw our friends over at bro throw brothrow.com backslash pff this is the place that you want to go to play some bets folks no book it's a social platform you're not betting 11 dollars to win 10 dollars. it's straight up peer to peer betting if you go right now you can even bet against just the people that are watching this show it's our little group. So our little friends that you got in the chat, you can challenge people. If they've been saying, if they've been talking smack about a line, you know, a money, an, an over-under, a spread, whatever, you can bet with them straight up right here. And it's, like I said, you don't have to go through books. You don't have to deposit money into account. It's, hey, I'm betting you 10 bucks. And they go, all right, fine, let's do it. Let's go to it. Nathan had one in the group that I'm taking. Nathan has... Jags, Titans, over, under. And he's betting the over of, where is this? It's 41. He's betting the over. I think I'm betting the under. Oh, do it. I don't have a lot of faith in this one. I don't have a lot of faith in this one. I don't know if, Nathan, if you're in the chat right now, I think I'm about to take your bet here. Nathan also bet the over, under on uh, Vikings, Lions. He bet the over on 51 and a half. It's a lot of points. He wants points to be scored this weekend. It's a lot of points. It's a lot. I don't know. There's a couple others on there. Greg's got a $25 bet. He's taking the New York Giants getting 10 points against the Buffalo Bills. This one's in Buffalo. Tyler. Tyler's putting 25 bucks on the Dolphins to cover three. Ooh, we got a little future bet here. Hatcher's already put a bet on New York Giants at Washington Commanders. He's going money line. Washington Commanders. Ooh. I think I'm going to take Nathan's bet, though. You going to take the other one? You going to take any of those? I, I want to go the same side as Tyler here. You could place a bet. He went minus three on the Dolphins, waiting yeah. for someone to take it. I want to go minus three on the Dolphins, too. Mm, all right. I might well, even bump that up to minus four oh, if well. someone takes it. Maybe Ooh. just undercut him. 
Oh, Nathan is. Oh, Nathan is in the chat. All right, Nathan's in here. I'm gonna take the bet. Right. I'm gonna take the bet. He's I'm going up to minus four Dolphins. Okay, Mike's putting his bet in there. He's saying minus four Dolphins. Yeah. Five bucks. Got a lot of he faith. Anybody who's got faith in Tua to outduel or uh, Justin Herbert to outduel Tua, you can take Mike's money by going to brothrow.com backslash PFF. It's a great way to bet. It's a cool way to bet because obviously, like, we know who we're betting against, right? I'm talking smack against Nathan live here on this show. What did he say to me? He said, uh, take it, Trev. Give me the bread. He said, do it. Make me rich and get off this construction site. <laughs> I don't know if this bet's going to make you rich, but... Um, no, it's not at all, because I'm going to win this against you. So there we go. If you, if you guys want to start a bet, if you want to take a bet, go over to brothrow.com backslash BFF. It's a really cool way to uh, put some skin in the game for the upcoming weekends that we have in the NFL. Uh, Quinn, can we get an answer to the question of the day before we get out of here? We sure can. What uh, do we got? Do we have a final guess? Uh, it is how many seasons have the Raiders finished with an above 500 record since the turn of the century? I always feel like it's more dramatic when you say it like mm-hmm. that. You it know? is. I'll go five, actually. I'll give him a little more. The I'll go five. I'll go four. Yeah. I'm going to go four. What is? What do we got here? It is five. Bam! Mm. They were good in the early 2000s. Uh, yeah. Then they had 12 straight years. Of oh, I wondered if they, I wondered if you were going to get 2001. Yeah. I wondered there if you were going to get 2001. The Rich Gannon years. Yep. 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 He won MVP, right? Or did he? Uh, I don't. Did he win MVP? Didn't he? I didn't. I didn't. That think. was the uh, Tuck Rule game too. I thought he won it. That was back then. Yeah, he had a year. The 2001 was one was. Yeah. Yeah, he was how'd the MVP. 2002. How that? How that season end? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I could, I could. I could, <laughs> baby. I can tell you how that season ended. Dude, what a year! He had 4,600 yards. Never had a 400-yard season, or excuse me, 4,600 yards. Never had a 4,000-yard season at any other point in his career. Wow. Won an MVP. Wow. And he was. Uh, let's see. He was up there when he won it. He was 37 years old. Whew. Wild. What a career arc. So John Gruden is his offensive coordinator, got him MVP, and then they won the Super Bowl with the Bucks the next year. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Uh, who's the chat champ for the day? Adam Bowman. So he's got it for the weekend. Good job, Adam. Wow, Adam. The, Adam, the extended chat champ crown for the weekend. Adam, that means you got to be in the chat on Monday morning. Yeah. Mondays, always big shows. Always. We are getting right. down. What What, what are you saying? Eli says that uh, he seems newer in the chat. He hasn't seen him before, but seems pretty active today. So uh, congrats, Adam. Okay, there, there we go. go. Adam, congrats on being the chat champ. It's a great day to win Chat Champ. Like I said, you get it for an extended period of time. You get it until a Monday, and Monday is a great day on the show to represent the chat because we're going to be updating the playoff picture. We're going to be updating the NFL draft picture, and there's going to be no shortage of things to talk about from the NFL this weekend. Week 14, man. We're coming down to the wire. Every single game matters. I'm excited to watch what happens this weekend. Thank you guys so much for watching. It's just football for Trevor Sikama, for Mike Renner, for everybody in the production portal. We will see you guys bright and early, 11 a.m., for those of you that are late risers. Right here on It's Just Football. See you guys then. It's not about politics. It's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball. Then we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. 